0: Hi, and welcome back to Natural MD Radio. This is your host, Dr. Aviva Ram, and welcome to 2020. I am super excited to be here with you. I have so much incredible content for you that I think is going to answer questions you have about your health, help you feel more empowered and confident in knowing your body and knowing your body's messages. And really, we're going to do a big deep dive into hormone health and women's reproductive health this year, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, birth trauma, PCOS, endometriosis, period problems. We're going to really go far and wide and deep together in these various areas where conventional medicine often misses the mark in giving us sustainable solutions where we're not taught as young women to care for our bodies in ways that sometimes can prevent these conditions and how we can use our food, our lifestyle, and natural therapies whenever possible to reverse these conditions. But also, when do you use conventional medicine? Is it always all bad? And how do you use it wisely, safely? And how do you be an empowered patient when you need to walk into a medical office or a medical setting? For those of you who are not aware of this, January is National Thyroid Awareness Month, and it's an especially important uh, condition to talk about as so many women struggle with it, and it's a hormonal condition that women have. And Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune condition, is one of the most common autoimmune conditions that women face. Today, I'm going to do a reboot of a podcast that I did a couple of years ago. And it was something I created when I was releasing my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, which is now going into its third year. I'm really excited to give that book some love because it's really changed lives for a lot of women. And in today's podcast, I'm going to talk with you specifically about why hypothyroidism, why Hashimoto's, is a feminist issue. Now, if you're not a feminist, or you don't identify that way, please listen anyway, because I think when you hear how I define feminism in this podcast, you're going to say, huh, actually, that does apply to me. There are so many areas where women have been dismissed, diminished, ignored, overlooked, and told that what we're experiencing isn't real, we can't trust our bodies, we can't trust ourselves. And my aim with this podcast, my aim with the content that I bring to you over on my website is to transform that to not only transform our lives together as women, but to transform the healthcare system, the healthcare model, so that it becomes one that we feel safe going into when we do need it, that it's completely respectful of us in all of our various life cycles and needs, and also that we know how to take care of ourselves when to, to help try to keep us out of the doctor's office when we don't need to be there. So without further ado, again, I wish you an absolutely happy, wonderful new year And as you'll hear, this podcast was a previous New Year podcast, and so the timing couldn't be more perfect. Enjoy, sit back, listen. If you're on your bike or you're out for a hike, good for you. And uh, I hope this is really meaningful. And for those of you who are interested in reading the accompanying article, all you have to do is go to avivaram.com forward slash. 115. That's avivaram.com forward 115. And if you don't already have a copy of The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution and you want to grab a copy, it's in paperback now, very affordable, really a game changer for so many women. You can find the link to purchasing that book at the bottom of that page at avivaram.com forward slash 115. Enjoy. to Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. It is the beginning of a new year and welcome back to Natural MD Radio. This is Dr. Aviva Ram and it's a pleasure to be with you in 2018. It's that time of year when so many have made New Year's resolutions, which for women often include something about losing weight, sticking to that diet, or hitting the gym or yoga mat more often. But if you've tried these things before to no avail in reaching your goals, or if you're just too darn tired to get out of bed and do any of it, there could be a reason And it could be the little butterfly-shaped gland in your neck, your thyroid, that's responsible for controlling your energy and metabolism. But it also does so much more. It helps to regulate hormones, bone strength, and even our cognitive function. In honor of January being Thyroid Awareness Month, And also in the interest of breaking the hold medicine has on preventing women with thyroid problems, as well as other autoimmune diseases from getting proper diagnosis and treatment, I bring you this week's episode of Natural MD Radio, the 1st of 2018, Why Hypothyroidism is a Feminist Issue. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you'll stick around even if you don't think you have a thyroid problem, because as you'll soon learn, I guarantee you someone you know does, and you having this information might really change her life. Thyroid disease affects an estimated 40 million Americans, and nearly 90% of these are women. The most recent stats say that one in eight women can expect to develop hypothyroidism in her lifetime. This means that if there are a hundred of us at a party, a conference, in a classroom, working in an office, or at the grocery store, statistically more than ten of us might be struggling with a condition that can lead to us to gain weight, sometimes a substantial amount of 30 pounds or more, even just over a few months, regardless of what we eat or how much we exercise, that can affect our cognitive function, including memory and focus and our ability to do our jobs, cause depression, anxiety, or poor sleep, which can dramatically affect our lives affect our hormones, including causing heavy periods, lack of periods, fertility problems, the ability to produce enough breast milk for our babies, and affect a healthy transition into menopause, just to name a few of the impacts on our hormones. It can cause elevated cholesterol, which in turn can lead to being prescribed a statin medication, which itself has been shown to increase an otherwise healthy woman's risk of developing diabetes. And it can leave us feeling so fatigued that for some women, it affects everything in their life, their ability to work, earn a living, their relationships, ability to maintain a sex life, and their ability to be the kind of mom they want to be. Not only are one in eight women potentially affected, but so are teens and young girls and at alarmingly increasing rates. In my medical practice alone, I have several girls whose Hashimoto's began between the ages of five to eight years old, and they were diagnosed because they were developing stigmatizing weight gain, fatigue, or had poor school performance because they just couldn't focus. So one of their parents brought them to a doctor for an evaluation. Having Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune type of hypothyroidism, also increases your risk of other autoimmune disease. Autoimmune disease is one of the top 10 leading causes of death in women in the U.S. Hypothyroidism is often undiagnosed, and when diagnosed, it's often undertreated. Both lack of treatment and inadequate treatment result in unnecessary suffering and debility for millions of women. Women are five to eight times as likely as men to be hypothyroid. This stuff is no joke for us ladies. But it's not just because hypothyroidism affects primarily women and so many of us that it's a feminist issue. It's a feminist issue because an exorbitant number of women suffer with this condition for years before getting a proper diagnosis or treatment, are dismissed and made to feel that it's all in their heads, told that it should be less of a problem than they're making it out to be, or that their symptoms would be in better control if they just changed their lifestyle or attitude. Women may be told that their symptoms are anything but biological. Instead, they have been told. It's just stress, so get some extra rest. Maybe try therapy. Exercise a bit more, and have you considered meditation? Or, these are symptoms of depression. Here's a prescription for an SSRI. Or, try to eat less and exercise more. Or, maybe if you control the fork going to your mouth you might lose that weight. Or, you're just overwhelmed because you're a new mom. That's normal and to be expected. Or, we don't know why you're having fertility problems, but there are treatments for that. Or, you're fine. I can't find anything wrong with you. Or, where did you get that medical degree? Google University? Or, where did you read this? On Goop? These are all real quotes from patients of mine, said to them by a doctor they consulted with, help with their symptoms. Because the symptoms of Hashimoto's, non-autoimmune hypothyroidism, and other autoimmune disease contain mental health symptoms and symptoms that are considered to be somatic by the medical community, meaning physical manifestations of emotional or psychiatric issues, women presenting with symptoms of hypothyroidism or other autoimmune disease are too often summarily dismissed, their symptoms discounted. Research indicates that physicians are more likely to interpret men's symptoms as biological and women's symptoms as psychosomatic or social. That is, their symptoms are a result of mental rather than physical illness. Over the past year alone, since writing the adrenal thyroid revolution, I've received hundreds if not thousands of emails, Facebook comments, and personal notes from women like you who were dismissed for years felt unheard, struggled with shame over their memory problems, fatigue, or their weight, or who went down long roads of treatment for other conditions whose symptoms were caused by hypothyroidism, including years of antidepressants or years of fertility treatments or miscarriages, putting their babies on formula when they wanted to breastfeed, but couldn't because they had hypothyroidism, which nobody tested for or diagnosed, and they weren't making enough breast milk. Struggling with postpartum depression as a result of undiagnosed postpartum thyroiditis, a condition that affects at least 10% of new moms in the first year after birth, and that's a conservative estimate. And of women who struggle with postpartum depression, many put off having a second child for years because they're so afraid to go through postpartum depression again. And their fears have merit. Postpartum thyroid problems are likely in as many as 47% of women to recur if they've had them previously. Undiagnosed or improperly treated thyroid disease is not just a matter of inconvenience or short-term suffering. It can take up to five years to get a proper diagnosis. And untreated hypothyroidism has serious risks. In women in their 50s and 60s and beyond, it increases the risk of heart disease and dementia. Yes, that's right, dementia. And in younger women, the quality of life costs are incalculable, and this affects women of all ages. Untreated or mistreated depression, inappropriately treated depression, the personal impact on relationships, fertility problems for women in their childbearing years, or the tremendous suffering of being overweight that some women experience in a culture that prizes thinness. The health risks for women across all ages are real. High cholesterol and heart disease, for example, can result from untreated hypothyroidism. But there's more to the story that makes it, like so many women's medical conditions, a feminist issue. And when I say feminist, what I mean is a condition, situation, or problem uniquely faced by women and caused, perpetuated, or reinforced by cultural values, stereotypes, and attitudes that are harmful to women. It is the dismissal by the medical system of women's voices, needs, and very real symptoms, that makes thyroid problems a feminist issue. It's the paternalistic medical model that persists today that leads women to be dismissed, overlooked, ignored, condescended to, and left to suffer with the internalized concern that maybe this is just my imagination after all, that makes thyroid problems a feminist issue. It's the authoritarian, hierarchical, power-over-medical model that leads women to be afraid to speak up in the office lest they be labeled difficult, complaining, or receive the eye roll that those patients get that makes thyroid problems a feminist issue. Studies have shown that in order to be taken seriously as patients by the medical profession, we even downplay our own symptoms and the impact that these are having on our lives. It's a system in which women's concerns and self-reporting of symptoms are often not taken seriously by medical professionals because women are viewed as overly emotional and likely to exaggerate our symptoms. It's a system that only recognizes objectively measurable medical conditions, dismissing the subjective experience and knowing of women patients. This is particularly relevant with hypothyroidism because it's a condition in which the currently accepted upper normal range for TSH, the main lab used to detect hypothyroidism, is contested as too high, leading to underdiagnosis of this problem. And where the use of TSH alone, rather than a more complete thyroid panel, may also prevent Appropriate Diagnosis, a problem I discuss at greater length in an article that I've linked you to below this podcast and in my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution. Modern medicine was built on a historical foundation of beliefs, attitudes, and philosophies that were inherently sexist and even misogynist. Women have been seen as the lesser sex, our mental stability fragile, and hanging on the proper location of the uterus in the body. And what I mean by that is hysteria, attributed to women as a mental health problem, was so named because it was believed to occur as a result of the uterus wandering around the body. Hysterikos is the Greek word for uterus. And as late as the end of the 19th century, it's documented that unexplained conditions in women were often seen as attempts to gain power or attention. Women often went without treatment if physicians deemed them either overly feminine or overly aggressive and opinionated. Well into the 1970s, only 7% of medical doctors were women. One of the reasons given for lack of our acceptance into the profession was that we couldn't be relied on for five to seven days of the month mentally, emotionally, or physically because of our hormones. While there are certainly more women in medicine today, gender bias persists and negatively affects both women doctors, leading to much higher rates of depression and even suicide, and the health outcomes of women patients are impacted. Oppressive practices have been systematically ingrained in medicine by historically based beliefs and social constructs about women, we were and continue to be treated as subordinate, powerless, and emotional. We're expected to be passive recipients of medical care, dependent, agreeable, and accepting of whatever we're told. Women who speak up, stand out, or demand appropriate care are labeled difficult This term may even make its way, as a descriptor of a patient, into a patient's medical chart. It happened to me. I was called difficult in my first pregnancy in 1984 for refusing an unnecessary prenatal ultrasound. I was again called difficult as a medical resident for speaking up for myself. I was actually derogatorily referred to as a Jewish woman in my third year of medical residency training, implying that I speak back talk up, assert myself, and I'm therefore difficult. And I've heard far too many doctors refer to women patients, usually those with chronic health problems, such as chronic fatigue, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, or alleged thyroid problems as difficult. PIA or pain in the ass, is an acronym so commonly used by doctors in hospitals, clinics, and private offices as to have jokingly made its way into many medical acronym lists circulated in medical and residency training. Women who express a confusing array of symptoms that aren't validated by test results or summed up into the tidy package of a medical condition are considered complaining or hypochondriacs. It's a system known for ineffective doctor-patient relationships and gender bias that leads to statistically significant amounts of misdiagnoses, medical errors, delayed or inappropriate medical treatment, and women seeking help can find it anywhere else if they need to, including Dr. Google, when meaningful help is nowhere to be found in the doctor's office. Yet we're labeled as somewhat ridiculous if we seek help on the internet, or from other women, or from other resources. It's a feminist issue because hypothyroidism affects at least one in eight women. That's a you-know-what ton of women suffering with a condition that remains marginalized in medical care, and from which the only treatment is a lifelong prescription for thyroid hormone. Even after diagnosis or treatment, many women never receive appropriate follow-up leaving them symptomatic on the wrong medication or possibly on the right medication, but at the wrong dose for her personally. This problem affects women across all ages, socioeconomic settings, and races, but certainly is worse in those latter two categories. Despite the significant numbers of women experiencing autoimmune disease, there has been no prioritization of autoimmune disease on public health or medical agendas. And this makes it a feminist issue because most autoimmune disease sufferers, not just Hashimoto sufferers, are women. If there's been any prioritization, it's been that of targeting pharmaceutical ads for autoimmune diseases to women during primetime television. Just watch TV for an evening and you'll see ads for Humira and numerous other autoimmune disease medications with serious adverse effects. There has been no significant investigation into how the doctor-patient relationship affects women with Hashimoto's or other autoimmune diseases, and very little research into the root causes of escalating levels of thyroid and autoimmune disease in individual women or collectively, as a reflection that something might be going on in our personal and global ecosystems that we should be paying attention to. Yet it's well established through extensive research from the world of toxicology that women are uniquely vulnerable to environmental toxins, including damage to our thyroid as a result of exposure to pesticides, herbicides, phthalates and plastics, heavy metals and more. Studies from the gastroenterologist Alessio Fasano and others have found that food triggers, particularly gluten, but also others like artificial sweeteners can cause Hashimoto's. Research into the microbiome has revealed a connection between microbiome disruption, intestinal hyperpermeability, and Hashimoto's, but this information is not making its way into the general medical curriculum, medical residency training, doctor's offices, or to the women who need it. We've come a long way, baby. It's true. But let's go further. While a recent Time magazine cover really beautifully lauded women who speak up as the Time Women of the Year for 2017, and while women are claiming more voice around sexual trauma with the hashtag Me and speaking out, things aren't just getting better for women in many aspects intrinsic to our health and well-being. In fact, many are getting worse. Things are getting worse for women in healthcare. For example, in 2017, the U.S. was the only country whose maternal mortality rate in childbirth was going up, not down. The top five surgeries performed in the U.S. are done on women and include hysterectomies and cesareans, at least 50% of which have been shown to be unnecessary. Unnecessary preventable with other non-surgical approaches, which research also shows women are not being appropriately informed about or offered, and which increase women's risks of infection and death. Margaret Mead is attributed with these important words, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, It's the only thing that ever has. We have something really powerful going for us. Women with thyroid disease are not a small group. There are at least 30 million strong in the U.S. alone, and we have to believe we can change the world even when we're tired. And those of us who are not struggling with the debilitating fatigue of hypothyroidism need to advocate for our sisters in any way we can. It means as all women, we need to stand up and use our voices to change how medicine is practiced. Yes, we need to be willing to be difficult women when we're being dismissed, overlooked, or unheard, even if it means not being a good girl. We deserve to be heard and treated fairly. We deserve to be treated as the best experts of our own body, because each of you is the best expert of your own body. This is a core principle of health feminism, and we deserve the best and safest testing and treatment offered in a collaborative model, not a dominator model. Yes, you are the expert on your own body. It's your doctor's job to honor that, to listen, and to give you the trust, support, information and access to the resources you need to help you live your best life. That's what the whole medical profession should be about. But until it is, we'll have to be brave, being labeled difficult women, and demand the changes that need to happen. The good news is that we can be difficult together. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Natural MD Radio. I hope you will leave a comment over on iTunes. That's how this podcast gets elevated. So more women receive the benefit and the knowledge and the information. And I am just so grateful to have you here with me in the new year. I'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio.